Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the film or TV show that turned you on to them. I'm Michael Stevens. And I'm Shelley Brooks. Ooh, Michael, we've got a really fun guest today, do we not? Uh, yes, we have a terrific guest, artist, writer, and host of the Self Worst podcast, which me and Shelley have both guested on. Brad hey. Pearson, everyone. Children. The children are so excited. Thanks, children. <laughs> I mean, that's great. Uh, you know, this movie was very slyly marketed to kids. Um, <laughs> yes. But it was definitely not a kid's movie. There were toys and everything. Like, Yeah, I, I, I will say, I don't, you know, tell me if you don't feel comfortable telling your age. But so, I mean, was this like, you know, something that was uh, prevalent in your childhood, this movie? No, that's okay. A couple of fun facts about me. I was born the year the first Terminator came out. Really? 1984. Nice. Um, so that would make me about the same age as John Connor, um, <laughs> if they're set, you know, in the year they came out. Um, and uh, also, Linda Hamilton, my birthday twin. What? Really? Yeah. God, she's got a lot of twins, which we will talk she's about. She's got a lot of twins. We'll get into <laughs> yeah. the twin talk. We'll talk about yeah. it in, uh, later in the podcast. But so we've we've kind of given it away. But uh, oh, sorry. But I, no, I, no, I not at all, not at all. So, Brad, who is your stealth sex symbol, and what movie are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about Linda Hamilton in the uh, 1991 classic Terminator 2, T2 Judgment Day. Yes, oh. we are so excited. Michael and I just 
realize that we are revisiting T2 because we talked about Esipath and Murkison uh, in a previous episode and we are thrilled to be talking about Linda Hamilton because honestly, oh my God. As, her, wait, you talked about her just as her her small role as as Mrs. Dyson. And yes, we did. Yes, we did. We didn't go into Reba the male lady. This that wasn't the focus. No, <laughs> we didn't. But we can in the next episode in T two three. Yeah, no, we in that like you know was a it was a relatively early episode, I think, Michael. Which uh, I think that was kind of like we were getting into like the nitty gritty of like what this podcast is of like really getting into the character actors. But honestly, second time watching it for this show, like probably hundredth time watching it in life, I like could talk about it forever because there are so many. It is one of those movies. It's yeah. just it's kind of like. During the 90s, it was kind of always on TV. It's just yes. a great movie to watch with your dad on a Saturday. Yes. Um, I watched this movie, I don't know how many times with my pops. Uh, it's just it's just one of those movies. I definitely didn't see it when it first came out because, mm. you know, it's a rated R movie. You're not supposed mm. to like bring a like, fucking five-year-old kid into the theater <laughs> to go see it. But I knew what the movie was and I knew the whole plot of the movie just by... Uh, osmosis of all my like little dirtbag latchkey kid friends <laughs> whose parents did let them see it right when it came out. So I would just hear the entire plot repeated to me from uh, from from those, you know, like classmates and, and people at my daycare or whatever, um, you know, who are all just like the little like dirtbag John Connor kids. <laughs> Yes. Um, you know, just just the bad kids who smoked and stole stuff and rode motorbikes and stuff. And like, Take care? Jesus. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I knew some I knew some pretty, you know, Toddlers, some pretty fierce like, kids. Little, cigarettes. Yeah. But like they told me about it. So like by the time I actually saw it, I knew beat for beat everything that happened just based on like what I'd seen, like clips of it on TV and then like and then just hearing about it. So I knew the entire plot already, which is pretty amazing. Well, Gosh. you might know oh. the entire plot, but some of our listeners might not. So Michael, would you like to tell the listeners who aren't familiar with Terminator 2 what the movie is about? If you were like raised yeah. in East Berlin <laughs> or something and you've never seen Terminator yeah. 2. If you grew up in a cave, if you had like a Nell upbringing. <laughs> For There's a Terminator in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a cyborg identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor must now protect her 10-year-old son, John, from an even more advanced and more powerful cyborg. So that's what it's about. As far, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I should have been doing the... Dun, 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 dun oh, listen, under, we're dun, adding in music <laughs> in okay, post. Good, good, good. Come on. <laughs> Give us a little credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hearing, as far hearing... as IMDb synopses go, that was pretty good. Yeah, pretty I... good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they they get it on like the big blockbuster Hollywood movies because yes. those are kind of hard to fuck up plot wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We had a, a rough one recently for Clash by Night, uh, the Fritz Lang movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was it's like, oh, it's a touching story about a boy and his stepfather or something. You know, it's like <laughs> this kind of misses the mark of what Terminator Two is about yeah. a little bit. But... Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Some foster parents who were treated very badly. Yeah. I'm Didn't very I'm very tempted to take to write my own silly plot of uh, Terminator 2, maybe throwing a little uh, Home Alone mm -hmm. in there. 
Oh yeah. Little, little kid getting into hijinks and Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What if John, what if John Connor was a little bit more Macaulay Culkin? Like that. Would I be mean, that is an interesting point because John Connor, like again, this movie was supposed to be for kids or wasn't supposed to be for kids, but it was. And John Connor is definitely, you know, he's the kid stand-in, yeah. and he is in that era of like, you know. Bart Simpson and yes, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> you know he has that he has that like you know he's, he's a bad the, kid he's the, a little Dennis the Menace yeah yeah he's a little Dennis the Menace he's a little asshole and like um he's got that cool like haircut like one of the bullies from the Simpsons and yeah. like, he's got the public <laughs> enemy eyes. shirt yeah like he's just great. I mean, it, it could have gone a very different way if there weren't robots in that part where uh, his friend is like, hey, John, the cop is looking for you. It could have been like, oh, my gosh, hijinks are ensuing now. Yeah, there was yeah, there was Kevin McAllister. There was all these like mischievous boys yeah. in the early 90s. <laughs> Honestly, so if you made the Terminators like Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci, I feel like. There's a whole there, there. That's a mashup movie that, like, honestly, I'm pissed off that I said it. Now AI is gonna steal it, and the AI. You know, I mean, it's coming for us all, as yeah. as you know, yeah. we all know by now that what's happening. We, yeah. We've seen the writing on the wall. Um, but yeah, give it five years. There's gonna be, you know, you can just plug in whatever. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it. The movie takes place in 2029, and watching it now. In, terrifying oh god look we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit later in the episode about <laughs> years and futuristic movies i feel but yes, the fact will, that there is one thing that ai cannot do what and that can it is, not do that is read some sexy trivia baby ah, of course <laughs> of course only a human can really get sexy with some trivia only now, a human the original sex machines can get you listening slick. <laughs> yes, we know Jiggle Joes. We're real people. Brad, we'd like to play this little game called the Sexy Trivia Game, where we read some trivia about the movie to get the listeners slick and warm and ready to go. Uh, right, we... nice and liquid metal for you. Oh, yeah. T-1000 style, baby. Mm. How about I start us off? Oh, please do. Mm. Special effects guru Stan Winston and his crew studied hours of nuclear test footage in order to make Sarah Connor's nuclear nightmare scene look as realistic as possible. Michael, I'm interrupting this trivia to tell you that this is a scene that haunts my dreams. Mm. Mm -hmm, I know it would. Miniature... That's why I made you read it. <laughs> I'm very upset. A miniature Los Angeles was made to simulate the scene. Some of the materials used in the miniature uh, that mimicked all of the destroyed masonry were monster crackers and shredded wheat. After each take, it would take on average two days to set the model up to shoot again. In late 1991, members of several U.S. federal nuclear testing labs officially, unofficially declared it the most accurate depiction of nuclear blast ever created for a fictional motion picture. The special effects team members have stated several times that no scene they've worked on since has received an equivalent amount of praise or emotional feedback from viewers. Mm, I'm going to mm. kill myself. 
Now I want you to really see the crackers. <laughs> Let me. I want you to really see the crackers and shredded wheat, though, in your mind's eye. I like to think of uh, Stan Winston just like munching on the, the rubble <laughs> after each take. Just noshing on some matzo. <laughs> it's that is my favorite piece of trivia about this movie. Ooh, I think that is going to make it a little bit easier to watch this horrifying scene in the future, knowing it is just matzo. <laughs> Brad, you want to read number B? Why, yes. According to director Daddy James Cameron, oh. Linda Hamilton suffered permanent hearing damage in one ear during the elevator shootout because she did not replace her earplugs after removing them between takes. Oh, yeah, That's it. one way to get hearing damage. Yep. That's one way to Sexy do Sexy hearing loss. Mm, yes. Michael, do you want to give us number C? Absolutely. Let's get that thing going again. Here All we right. go. Mm. Get ready to go home with this little factoid about one Robert Patrick who mimicked the head movements of the American bald eagle for some of his scenes as the T-1000. I bet he followed around a couple of cops too. That motherfucker really knows. he's a right wing gun guy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know he but also- he's very good. You know, he also played Elvis and Johnny Cash's dad. And I think, and I think it even, uh, what's his name's dad? John C. Riley in the fake movie that was based on Walk on. biopics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was, uh, uh, what's his he, he was He was the dad in uh, Justified. Oh, right, oh, right, right. Okay. Good save, Ooh, good save. I was about to put some interesting. Yeah, he yeah, I think is a little right wing really? guy. But he's but he's very good in the role. And I I love the uh the trivia about uh James Cameron being like the his character needed to be like a kind of like compact little guy mm-hmm. who could like you know run real fast and like in comparison to the like the hulking Arnold. And yes. it always reminds me of uh, Ishtar and the quote that Warren Beatty has uh, early in the movie where he's like, you ever see a big sports car? Women love little men. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like Robert Patrick. He got it. You know, you got to be a little guy to get the like the juice. Got to be a little guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. a He's a he's a small guy. And but he's manages to still be so menacing compared to the, mm-hmm. you know, the Terminator is this big like you know, tank of a person. Yeah. Um, Tiny and tight. It's really interesting. They, yeah. I mean, they do the Tolly and Smalley thing. We love a Tolly and Smalley. Yes. Um, (laughs) And they, like his physicality in that movie is just really outstanding. It's, it's kind of a bummer. He didn't like him and Linda Hamilton didn't really get a whole lot of like notable work outside of this because they're both so fantastic in this. And they both put like so much into it. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, like, is that sort of like the curse of being in like a really iconic movie and like an iconic role that like it makes it kind of hard to do anything else because you are so seen as that that one person? I don't know. Yeah, yeah possibly. I mean, that's, you know, that's what they say about uh, the, the Norman Bates guy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Tony Curtis. Yeah. yeah. 
Tony Which, Jaa. I mean, he did, like, a bunch of, like, great movies. Like, I mean, he was, like, in Orson Welles' The Trial. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he did some great stuff, but it, it, he is forever Norman Bates. He's the Norman Bates guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, speaking I, of the physicality, so when did you first see this movie? And, like, were you immediately interested in Linda Hamilton and oh, her gosh. physical I mean, performance? Like I said, I mean, like, I definitely didn't see it when I was, like, a child child, but I right. definitely saw it when I was pretty young. Um, and probably, you know, prepubescent, not mm-hmm. really thinking about all that really, <laughs> but, um, so it's more upon like adult, uh, revisitations of, of this movie that I'm kind of like, okay, okay, what's <laughs> up? Um, you know, it, 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 that, that does it for me, you know? When do you think it, it struck you that like you were not just like into the movie, but like you were into the character and into the actor? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I've seen her in some other things and like, even comparing her in this movie to like her in Terminator one, um, when she's, you know, she's just this, like, she's just this lady with a job. Like she just has a a little Honda elite scooter. She's got those (laughs) cool outfits. She's just this like working girl. Yeah. And, um, and then she transforms. And in this movie, she's, you know, she's, uh, I think one of the things they get right that a lot of movies don't, uh, is she is appropriately traumatized from mm-hmm. the events of the first movie. Yeah. Like there's, I think a lot of, uh, serial movies and TV shows where yep. the characters just kind of keep going along and they're just sort of, they don't really change a whole lot. And you're yep. like, no, what you went through would <laughs> fucking destroy a person right. and build them up again like that is not a uh i don't know that's that's not a a thing but yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know if i can pinpoint like an exact moment where i was like oh yeah linda hamilton kind of fine you know it's just like it just sort of slowly occurred to me you know like that first scene where she's like doing pull-ups in her in her cell she's like turned her bed over and is doing pull-ups on the bar and like mm. the definition it's on her shoulders her shoulders <sighs> oh my god her shoulders like, are back like it just i mean it oh. really watching this again uh in preparation for the show like it really inspired me to like i gotta get back in the gym i gotta like <laughs> I'm building, I'm trying to do a pull up from a dead hang. And that's like my goal for the summer. I'm almost there, but it is hard to do. And like, you know, like she really did all of that. That's the other thing. Like she trained, she did weapons training. She did, uh, I don't, I I forget what, like a bunch of martial arts training, judo and stuff and like extreme like physical training and dieting to like Mm. really get down to this, like, pretty uh pretty crazy frame that she it's, has in this movie it's crazy uh how she looks in this movie and definitely uh hear you on the point of like seeing her transition it is fucking insane uh she like linda hamilton went from the first terminator to uh a, i guess a lesser known tv show called beauty and the beast mm-hmm. uh, yeah with way um, back. ron perlman with Ron Perlman playing yeah. like a, a, a monster man from the sewers, which yeah, that's, it's another, uh, oh. you know, she teams up again with like a, a big boy, yeah. a big old it, lug. She it's, loves the big boy. <laughs> and that show, if you are, y'all are ever trying to revisit some old TV is um, it's one of those like Lion King style things where it's just like, I think it's hot that she's into this monster man. And I don't know why. And then she goes from that to Terminator 2. <laughs> and 
uh, my God, she is a, a weapon. Um, well, it, it is really interesting that like you chose Terminator 2 versus the first Terminator because like she, like you say, like underwent this like physical transformation. And like, I think in the first movie, she's maybe what would be considered more like stereotypically like feminine. Like, you know, she's a bit, you know, softer, like, you know, quote unquote, like, prettier not prettier but yeah, like I don't, yeah she's she's more girly for sure yeah, yeah exactly in the first one, and, but... and also so much of like the plot in that movie like hinges on you know michael bean's character like knocking her up and like you know she yeah and that movie i mean i like the first one and i love her performance in the first one and like even throughout that uh movie you see her really transform mm-hmm. like her first line in the movie is she's like you know she like spills coffee on right. somebody at work who's like oh no oops oh i'm late yeah. to work and oh i'm so flustered and oh i can't oh no <laughs> and then like the last line in the movie i i think her last line is you're terminated motherfucker and then yeah. she smashes him in the hydraulic press and like and like it's a believable transition that she mm-hmm. goes through but still like she is more or less like a damsel in distress through most of the movie Mm -hmm. and it's like the badass saving her is michael bean where this movie they kind of play musical chairs with the uh the role there's like so like terminator is the protector and then t-1000 is the unstoppable force and the you know uh, uh john connor is more the like innocence uh must be protected and yeah um and the way linda hamilton in this movie is just not for a moment is she helpless yeah like they go to rescue her from the psych ward and what's she doing she's already busting out of there right. she doesn't need that fucking help <laughs> yeah like, like she's tells already her son, on like, it. that he shouldn't have come like yeah yeah well so that's that's really interesting to me that like i mean she's this kind of um non-traditional uh woman in in the second movie like you know that she she's she's tough and she fights and like she she doesn't have any of the trappings of like traditional like femininity so is that something that like when you you as like a mu- a movie viewer like is that something mm-hmm. that like you tend to find appealing like yeah, I mean, you know, if if you ask me about like my type in general, I I don't know if I necessarily have one. Um, I I feel like I tend to gravitate actually to more towards like a, a girlier type, a more feminine, softer type, um, a, a more uh, I don't know, curvaceous, uh, zaftig kind of type. Sure, but. Um, you know, it, it kind of goes all over the place. And I think just her, uh, the way she acts in this movie is so kind of striking and so interesting mm-hmm. and so heroic um, that like she really kind of carries the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I think she goes through the most emotions. Yeah. And that's another like cool thing about her character is like, she's never like, stoic about what she's doing she's constantly scared and shaking and crying and yeah. like yeah and like as she's like unloading a gun into the t-1000 she's like fuck 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 like she's always still emotional mm-hmm. but she's not um she's not helpless and she's not letting herself 
like be a victim in any in any way which i which i find kind of you know, just like cool and and refreshing and yeah. um you know uh i i guess if i if i really want to get like I don't know, Freudian about it, I guess, like my inner child is, is like a, a scared little boy. So like, mm. you know, having like a, a, a real like badass who's scared and does shit anyway, and is hurt and does shit anyway, mm. and like doesn't let the pain and doesn't let the fear get to her. Like, it's great. Yeah, I mean, Michael and I uh, talked earlier about, you know, how much we love the, the Joe Morton character in this film. And oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that something that... God really stuck out to me this time watching the movie is when she breaks into his house and, you know, is threatening to kill him and the way she like falls against the wall with like, Mm -hmm. you know, her like tears in her eyes, like as she like is contemplating the idea of like taking a life, like even if she like intellectually thinks that it's going to like save millions of people, like the fact that she's got that sensitivity as well as that toughness is I think such a beautiful like character note, you know, she could, she almost did it too. Like if the little, if the little tyke with the, uh, um, the, the, uh, RC car hadn't hit his foot. Right. And I think it was easier then to just like shoot a guy in the back of the head, Mm. you know, when she didn't like see his face, didn't see his family, didn't see like fear in his eyes. And then she like, she just couldn't follow through with it, which like, you know, it, it sets her apart a little bit from John who just has this inherent morality in him. He's just like, you can't kill people. Right. You you just can't. And it, you know, like I, we were initially describing him as, you know, he's like a bad kid, but he's, he's not really like, he's, he's a rebellious (laughs) kid, but he's, he's also like a good human. Um, And, and it just kind of comes from nowhere. Like it kind of, is just intrinsic to him and his soul, like growing up on the road and hanging out with all these like weird, like probably right-wing militia people yep. like yep. he did with his mom, <laughs> you know, and like learning how to shoot mm-hmm. and steal and, and like live underground. He probably didn't get a whole lot in the way of like morality, especially being told like everybody, you know, is going to be dead soon. Yeah. So like, why do they matter? But he still is like, no, they matter. Yeah, they matter because they matter. and like oh, it's just he's so pure. He's just such a good I kid. Got, like a little it's, bit like of like a goose pimples. Thing. I definitely, I definitely got that uh, from this viewing. Like more and more. Oh, he's like a really legitimate. Like his his initials are JC. He's fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, um, I definitely got that. Yeah, in this Cameron viewing. doesn't have like a light touch. <laughs> yeah, but it it bums me out that like this franchise. Um, I love the first Terminator. I love the second Terminator. And they've done a third movie like every other fucking decade. And they've managed to fuck up one of the characters in a really big, like, significant way. Like, the third, uh, the first third Terminator doesn't get that about John Connor. He's just a Shia LaBeouf character. And then... uh, they make him Christian Bale in the next one, and that's not interesting. And then they go back mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. change all the characters, and they make him the villain in uh, Genesis. And now, and then they brought, they finally brought uh, Linda Hamilton back in the most recent third movie reboot of the <laughs> franchise. And they make her go through sidebar. They make her go through with the same workouts she did like 
years ago yeah. Yeah. as a 60 something year old woman, which like credit right. to her, but she looks amazing she, again. She yeah. looks amazing. And she's all she's been doing is just living off that Terminator money yeah. down in New Orleans, <laughs> chain smoking, and then like somehow just brought it all back, got her guns back. She's amazing. She said, well, that's, that's the thing. That's the fucking thing. Like, that's, that's an interesting thing to me ooh. about like Cameron's movies is that like, you know, I think a lot of filmmakers, you know, really prize like very young women and women who are like very traditionally mm -hmm. feminine. And I, I love Cameron's movies because he loves like a, it, fit mature woman like he, yeah he loves a tough broad he loves yeah. like a, a strong arm like i mean you know oh. jeanette goldstein I mean, she has like you know a relatively small part in this but i mean she has a great part where you know she gets to you know both be the foster mom and like a terminator and yeah well and she's in um she's in aliens yeah doing the as pull -ups. Oh my yes. god like again with the pull-ups he loves yeah he loves a ripped lady loves i am seeing more of a pattern with james cameron oh god. than i am with myself honestly you know i mean <laughs> he married shit. Catherine bigelow like she made point break yeah. like he loves you know like just like a bruiser yes. you know which is cool like you know and, and like linda hamilton like she can do that and she can be like this real fucking rogue badass, but oh she is God. still like, she's got those pillowy lips and she's just yeah. got like, she oh. did, she is so feminine through the movie too. Mm. Like she's not, you know, um, I guess butch would be the term. I don't know, but like yeah. she, she's really not like, she's just a, she's just a tough lady. But you I, know, as, as a woman watching it, like it's really exciting to see like, you know, especially like in the early scenes where like, you know, she is in the hospital or whatever, like, that she doesn't look glamorous. It's like, I mean, she has like her, you know, smile lines. She has mm -hmm. like a, like a hardness on her face. Like you can see some wrinkles. Like, I mean, she looks like a, a person, like she doesn't have these like, you know, glamor shots, like, you know, Vaseline on the lens, whatever. Like, I mean, she, she looks like a person who has lived a life and that is so gratifying to see. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I have been looking at pictures of, Linda Hamilton and Jeanette Goldstein. And pretty much it's just like women in tank tops, like ripped women in tank tops. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I, as I'm hearing y'all talk, I, I'm like living my best life and <laughs> learning like, this is exact. This is like, Oh God, I got to close some of these, these windows down. I got like a Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, like yeah, Gina Gershon, up. yes, like yeah. this Michael's is, getting too horny. This yeah. shit, it, there's no such thing for this no show. No such thing. Uh, no hands where we can see him, Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, hands in the air. <laughs> um, uh, buff women with guns. Oh God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh Lord, I, I we gotta, I gotta know more. Like, take me through your your canon. Uh, what was your your very first like wild movie crush where you were like, Oh shit, I'm hmm. life is different than it was before. I've got a couple of these because yeah. I don't, I didn't have a whole lot of a latency period. I feel like I, uh, matured sexually pretty uh early i guess or like yeah. got horny early you know yeah. just had like weird boy horniness yeah yeah yeah. weird um, boy horniness know that very but, well <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Uh, 
see Michael's episode of, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of my show uh, for reference. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think back at like Nev Campbell definitely comes to mind. Ooh, yeah. Um, again, with those pillowy lips. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Alicia Silverstone. Oh, my God. Uh, in, I, th- I mean, I think probably in Clueless because that was like the big movie at the time. Yeah. But honestly, Batman and Robin. Batman. Like, yeah, her, is, her is Batgirl. Uh. Like, she, there's this scene where she like, I mean, she does this. That's like one of her trademarks. So she does this like oopsie and like bites her bottom lip. And yep. I'm just like, oh, OK. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up? Like, yeah. Um, uh, so 1997. I, Oof. Yeah, I was going to say I was not really like cognizant about, uh, you know, entertainment at that point but Mm -hmm. i have seen recently about how apparently uh a lot of news about her in that movie was about how she was like too fat for the part which is crazy to me crazy she looked i'd heard about this incredible yeah she looks so good and that is the horniest the most sexual of the batman movies um i didn't even understand in 1997 like what i was what i was watching but like in retrospect, everyone's nipples are apparent. There's shots <laughs> yeah. of their nipples on the bat suit. Like it, yeah, George Clooney's. <laughs> everybody shat on those movies when they came out, but yeah. honestly, like you, you look at them now and you're just like, oh, this is just fun, dumb, gay Batman. This yeah. is just this is campy Adam West Batman. Like this is just like, can we not take him so seriously? Like it's, oh, it does not have to be so fucking in, grim and crazy. Like that's in what the, we need. In the post Barbie era, I hope people revisit those Batman because they are really, really like fun camp uh, '90s action movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a famous uh, you know comic book movie hater, but I God, I love a Tim Burton Batman. Ugh. Oh yeah, those are amazing. Yeah, Batman Returns is probably my favorite Batman oh, movie. Oh yeah, if you ever. if you've got a Batman that's got like Jack Nicholson and like Prince, like come on. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It's good. Shelly, I implore you to uh, check out the Joel Schumacher Batman movies because they really are from a special time before yeah. uh, the comic book, big comic book movie became a. Uh, a psychic weapon um, for our minds against our minds. Yeah, you haven't seen them, Shelley. I I haven't seen the Schumacher ones. I've seen like mm. you know, I, I know about like you know the okay. nipples on the bat suit, whatever. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I mean, I I've seen very few. I think comic book movies. I mean, I've seen you know, like the Nolan Batman's. I've seen the, uh-huh. uh, yeah. I I, I uh, other than that, I mean, like Dark Man. I've seen you know. Ah, okay. Dark Man. That's a that's, that's a, a good one. I do love Dark Man. Yeah, Dark you Man. Know. And Darkman is good because it's not based on any like existing property. Like, yeah, they like Sam Raimi wanted to do a shadow movie. They were like, you can't do it. And so he was like, all right, I'll make fucking Darkman. Then. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's how it got made. Um, and you'll find out all about it when I cast Tim Robinson as uh, Sam Raimi in Love it. Uh, the Dark Man, <laughs> the making of Darkman biopic. But um, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you had like at a younger age, you had like Alicia Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Did you find that your taste like changed over time? I think so. Maybe a little bit. Like, um, I think especially in terms of like, 
I mean, what comes to mind is body type mm. and what I found myself more attracted to um, changed because late 90s, early 2000s, it was, you know, very, it was, it was mostly very skinny women. Right. Um, very like rail thin, no butts, you know, no hips, like <laughs> yep. just the, 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 the low cut jeans. Yeah, the Kate you know, Moss yeah. of it all. Yeah, the, the the whale tail thing. And like, I was like, yeah, sure, I guess, you know, uh, but like, I think sometimes about like the image that maybe brought me online sexually, like, like turned, turned puberty on in my brain, uh, like shot the hormones through my body. And it is yes. uh, the cover of Honey by Mariah, Car- no, Butterfly, Mariah Carey, oh. um, with that, like the gold, you know, just like the gold background and she's got a little midriff out and yeah. like, She's, I wouldn't say chubby, but she's soft, you know, and yeah. she has like a, a soft tummy. And like, I remember just thinking, like, just staring at that and just being like, oh, okay, I feel testosterone coursing through my body for the first <laughs> time in my life. It's insane. See. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you looking at the image right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. looking. It's, we can see Michael's face, like, the color really palette, leaning like, into the computer. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The color palette is really good. I see. I, I understand. When she has that, like, caramel complexion with, yeah. the, like, the brown and the gold behind her and, like, oh, man. Like, and I think just incredible. That time in culture, I mean, it, it became much more acceptable to have, like, a softer body like like i think you know j-lo was a big part yeah of it, it was like, starting like that was like the ver- j-lo was like the trailblazer and now you look at like j-lo's butt you know like in the day and you're like that's, that's <laughs> pretty big but it's not like it's not like, huge butt, I guess. like yeah. it's not like as technology is really advanced now like it's really uh they keep upping the ante and i'm and i'm kind of just like yeah go 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 like i i have not reached a limit so far yeah we didn't Um, have bbls back in the day nah Uh. (laughs) that's really interesting yeah because i i feel like a lot of times when we ask that question about like you know how attraction is like changed over time like it, it often is like just people being like, well, I got older. So like, I like older people now, whatever. Sure. But like, yeah. but it's, it's really interesting that like you kind of had that, like with the, with the culture that like, as you know, trends kind of change. Yeah, kind of, but also, uh, no, it, it's more like, it's more like the culture caught up to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's more like the culture. Like, yeah. cause I was always like low key, like, yeah, but I I kind of like a girl with a tummy and, and yeah. thighs and yes. stuff and like and felt like weird for that right. and felt like why is why is this so like like men like guys my age in you know like high school whatever mm. and girls my age were like shaming women for having you know butts and thighs right. and yes for and, being and, and you know they're like being fat <laughs> yeah and and whatever and like I remember thinking just like well what's what's the big, like, cause that looks good to me. And like, mm. it, and, and like at the same time, like Pam Anderson was really hot and right. she has like, you know, big old titties. Yeah. And you're like, so you expect a girl to have big old titties and then just like nothing else under that. Right. Like, I don't understand <laughs> it. It never made any sense to me. And I was like, why do I like all these hip hop videos so much with like all these yeah. butt shots yeah. and like, and like, cause, cause that was kind of like, you know, like hip hop culture and, and just, I guess like, I don't know, black culture in general, like, got to got around to celebrating the butt like and and big thighs like earlier 
Yeah, then, I mean, then it then it came around to like mainstream white society, and like by the time it did, I was like, yeah, thank you, please, yes, <laughs> this is what I've been saying. I absolutely love a white man finding out about butts. That shit is my favorite. That's how I know we're cool. Like, um, <laughs> you know, like it's okay if you don't got it, but if you do, oh god. Um, look, I mean, within the black community, I feel like. You, and a lot of communities, I feel like you, you got no choice. Um, like <laughs> you, 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 that's like a part of the person. Um, and it's right. always been right. like, yeah. I remember like sneaking into my brother's rooms to get like their magazines um, to like look at them. And this was the early 2000s and like FHM, F Maxim, like the people <laughs> that they would put mm -hmm. in these magazines, like, uh, beautiful women, but like all of them, like crazy skinny, crazy skinny. And I remember looking back at this, like without any variety in a magazine, like everybody looks like our culture looks sick, you know, mm -hmm. like to not, especially since I lived in like Bushwick where like yeah. most people are black and Dominican and like people are thick, mm -hmm. like there's a there's a, or there's a wider range of like body types um but like oh god what a weird fucking era we're escaping from at all times like jesus christ well michael and i talked about this so we did a, a recording just before this and like we talked a little bit about like how men who are attracted to women you know ha are under a, a certain degree of pressure to only express attraction to like what is like culturally acceptable as like you know an, an attractive woman and you know i not to be like well, think about the men but like but <laughs> yeah. honestly like think about the men like you know it, it's it's hard so i mean did you find as you were like growing up and like developing like sexual interests sexual tastes like that did, did you find that there was pressure to I don't know, like that you felt like there was pressure to like maybe be attracted to a certain kind of person or a certain kind of body. And like, how did you navigate that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I felt like I couldn't really be super honest sometimes about like the types mm. I was attracted to. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like if there was, yeah, if there was like a girl in class who I thought was attractive and you know it was i was like having my little like uh you know every five minutes erections over um <laughs> i felt like i had to kind of first take the temperature of like how my peers and classmates thought about her mm -hmm. like a like is she like too fat or is she too slutty that was another big thing like mm -hmm. the um and this was another this was another thing that I noticed that like boys and girls would both do is yeah. like they would put down anybody who like not only fit didn't fit like a certain physical uh physicality, mm -hmm. but didn't fit like a certain, you know, like behavioral wow. type. Like, yeah. uh, if they were too promiscuous or whatever, as like promiscuous as you could be in like fucking middle school or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. Like like oh you discovered fingering like <laughs> yeah congratulations you know like god yeah oh i yeah, remember that's, that's so oof. oh go ahead michael <laughs> no when, when i when i got to high school and 
I didn't go to middle school. Um, but when I got to high school, um, our high school had like a middle school and there was like a rumor about one of the, one of the students that got around or some shit like that. And it was like a fingering thing or whatever. <laughs> and I remember it being like, I went to a Catholic school, mind you. I remember it being like the fucking weird, like, Oh God, like this person yeah. is this way. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, why, why are people so weird? Yes. Like, <laughs> Oh God. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of like, my friends will judge me if I am seen with this person. Kind yeah. Of thing. So instead I just didn't really, you know, <laughs> like I just didn't really, I didn't really, uh, I, I mean, I also was like an awkward kid and like probably would have struck out anyway and was like awkward and like talking to girls and stuff. So like, you know, uh, I, I don't need to like blame it all on external factors, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't really date a whole lot. I didn't have a whole lot of game back then, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, I don't know. Well, so I, you know, as I have gotten older, but I, even as like a young person, I was like gen generally like attracted to people who were, a bit older than me, like at least like in their like mid thirties and forties. Like, I, so have you found that like, as you've gotten older, that like your conception of attractiveness has, has changed a bit. Cause I, I think when I hit like 30, mine did, I thought that I was like already like, Oh, like I, I love older people. So like, you know, that's, I, I'm set. But I think that like, once I hit 30, I was like so many of my, the things that were important kind of like shifted in terms of like yeah. what I found sexy. Like, have you found that to be the case for you? Um, kind of like, you know, back to like me saying like, I don't really have much of a type. Yeah. Uh, that's still kind of true. And like, when I, when I say like, I, you know, I tend to gravitate towards like a, you know, a, a softer, more feminine type like that really is just, maybe I'd say like 60%, you know, like, and, and right. then like the rest is like, I mean, that's the whole spirit of this podcast, yeah. right? Is that like, there's like a bajillion different ways to be sexy. Yeah. Um, and so I've found myself attracted to a lot of different types of people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's changed a whole lot as I've gotten older. I mean, you know, like the women I find attractive, uh, like they've gotten older yeah. um you know like i and like good as Oof. like yeah i mean yeah <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not i'm not weird no 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 no, no i'm not like gonna like ted nugent out on you um <laughs> it's like I, I mean i feel weird now even like like the like young starlets that are out there who are like you know they're they're of age they're like yeah. over 18 or whatever yeah. but i still would feel like I would feel weird calling yeah. like Jenna okay. Ortega yeah. hot, you know, yeah. like, yeah, oh, yes. she's, she's, pretty. she's a very pretty yeah, girl, she's a pretty young lady. And I hope she's doing well in school. I like, hope she's doing good. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> hey, just come up God love you. Like, Timothee Chalamet, I do not understand. And he's a little boy. Like, yeah, I hope he's going to like class. Three years younger than yeah. me. And I'm like, still like, I don't get it. It's like, if I'm <laughs> old he's enough. so delicate. He's so like, he looks like he's 12 forever. He's like a little boy. It's it's strange to hear people talk about him that way. Cause I'm like, you're old enough to be his guidance counselor. Like, I, yeah, I don't feel like I want to turn my, my chair on and be like, Hey, Hey Timmy, what's going on? What's going on? Why, 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 why are you yeah. talking like that? Come on I now. just what? looked him up. He is four years younger than me, but he feels like he is four decades younger than me. I no, don't I, get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about Timothee. 
Timothy, you're too young. Um, Little like, Timmy, Timothy. T. <laughs> Why'd you do that Willy Wonka movie? Did you get peer pressured into doing that Willy Wonka movie? Come on, level with me. Um, yeah, can't. Yeah, can't. Did do they it. make you do that? Did they make you do <laughs> that? Who made you do that? <laughs> Who made you do that movie? Who made you do that? Who made you do that, Timothy? <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Well, so, Michael, I think you might have a little game for us, do you not? I do have a game for us. Um, but before we get into the games, <gasps> oh, um, yes. I do want to get a sense from you. Uh, what movie pairing that you would pair with uh, a viewing of T T2 um, with respect to everything that we've talked about so far? Um, mm -hmm. I definitely had a couple locked and loaded but after the conversation we've had today i'm i'm going to change my yeah. you know answer. i thought i was really gonna uh drop a bomb on y'all and and recommend uh the beauty and the beast show <laughs> like, i thought that was gonna be i thought that was gonna be my like trump card um, <laughs> should be it still y'all blew be. that no that would be the one i mean yes. there's obviously like i i would i could say robocop like would pair well yes. i guess yes. aliens would pair well um but uh yeah this show it's really fucking weird and like it's it's called Beauty and the Beast, but it's not really about the fairy tale. Not like at it all. just happens to be about like a hot girl and a, a big lion man. Yeah. Um, and it's written by George R. R. Martin. Wait, which is really? insane. Yeah. yeah. Um it's pre wild. Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin. Oh my god. And it's all shot on location in New York. It's and insane. It's, has that like old late eighties new york vibe to it it's it's got this really you know they're they're this like kind of uh he lives in this underground yeah. like sort of anarcho-communist society um with all these like little outcasts of society and stuff yes. and like uh, it's it's a really it's a much more interesting show than it should be like it's very it's very strange that it ever got made James uh, James Avery, um, Uncle Phil from uh, Yeah Rich Prince is in this fucking show. No um, way. It's got it's got like my favorite vibe of actor from the late '80s, early '90s. I absolutely love that you selected this as a pairing with T two because um, it is a forgotten favorite, um, and yeah. uh, they remade it. Uh, on the CW in the late 10s. Uh, um, and it's garbage. It's so bad. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's gotta it's, be. You can't remake a fucking... It's, that's it, lightning in a bottle, man. That's like trying to remake Quantum Leap, which they did, and it sucked. Everything that you said about what made the original great, they do the opposite. And they oh. cast the CW style and look of actor... And the guy Come they on. cast as the Beast isn't even a lion man. He's some fucking hot Canadian dude. Yeah, is he like a like, Jonas brother? <laughs> he's like a fucking Jonas brother with a fake scar on his face. It's disappointing. <laughs> so Oh, no. Terrible. Oh, God. Oh. I, I love that you went as in-depth and, and painted the picture of this show because <laughs> it it is one that I threatened to do a rewatch podcast about, like, 
all the time. Yeah, we have talked so. about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait to can, I, can I give one more recommendation? Yeah, please. Yes. yes. Since, since that one, I, I had a backup, oh, yeah. uh, which is The Iron Giant. <gasps> Whoa! Oh, that's um, a good one. It's a boy who's friends with a big machine. Uh, there's nuclear anxiety, um, but it's all backed by like a wholesome Norman Rockwell kind of fifties vibe. And it's just perfect. I mean, it's, it's Brad Bird doing 2d animation. It fucking rocks. And Shelly, your boy, uh, your boy, Harry Connick is in it. Yes. And is, uh, Vin Diesel, is he the- Vin Diesel is the giant. Yes. Oscar winning work. Oscar winning work. He actually does a really good job. And they do the same thing where they like cast the robot as like this big meathead, but like it works. And yeah. he's like, he's like a big sweetheart and you really like him. Um, and that was back and, when like Vin was like a proper actor. Like he did like a Sydney Lumet movie. Like he was yeah, like yeah, a real he was guy. a proper actor. <laughs> oh, that's Ugh. a really good one. That was one of the like, you know, few movies that we would watch over and over and over again in school it was iron giant uh october sky uh i think we watched american beauty a few times american beauty yeah. <laughs> wait um we let's watch uh, american beauty in an ethics class <laughs> let's zoom in on that uh, <laughs> um uh, <laughs> i listen i can't explain it it was christian georgia so oh, i don't God. know how that came up <laughs> well i'm glad you're okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> Ugh, oh, that Lord. is the thing that like you know, conservatives love to do that where they're like this is what we're trying to protect <laughs> right. you from and then they like explicitly show you this stuff that you shouldn't be seeing you're like why are like I wouldn't have seen this if you hadn't. Yeah, they were all the, um, uh, oh God, what's his name? The actor who plays like the army guy who's like closeted and then oh, kills uh, Chris Kevin Cooper? Spacey. Yeah, Chris Cooper. Oh, yeah, they were all Chris Cooper. Yes, the other Robert Patrick. Um. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Well, those are really, really those good Those are pairings. really good. Yeah, I Michael, love those. what are yours? Oh God, I, I'm all over the fucking place. Uh I, I was thinking like maybe aliens, maybe bound. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll recommend two that that really uh, do it for me. Um, one, which was a first viewing, uh, first time viewing today, uh, was Johnny Mnemonic, mm-hmm. um, which I would pair with T two as like a fuck technology duo. <laughs> yeah. um, it takes place in the futuristic year of twenty twenty one, not two far from Mm. 2029 uh the whole world is connected by this thing called the internet um (laughs) and everyone is suffering from something called nerve attenuate nerve attenuation syndrome which is like uh how i feel after going from screen to screen to screen to screen and Mm. johnny is just a guy who absorbs information uh and deletes portions of himself and his memories in order to make space for this uh, data that he's shifting from place to place. I love it. It's kind of like a different uh, side of the uh, man becoming machine thing. Um, But as a pairing based on just sex appeal, hotness, (laughs) horniness, I have to go with uh, the 2012 Dread specifically 
for mm. Lena Headley, the other yep. Sarah Connor uh, from television. Um, yeah, she is. So th- that's not the one with uh, Sly. That's not the one with Sly. That's the one with Carl Urban, and <laughs> okay, she plays a character named Mama, <laughs> who has uh, scars on her face. She Ooh. looks like an X Men villain in it. <laughs> um, it is a grungy fucking movie, and she plays a grungy fucking person, and right. uh. She's uh, shredded and ripped in the movie. <laughs> I just, I love a muscle bound uh, a, a lady who could kill me. Uh, uh, I think it's a, it's a thing, right? It's a muscle mommy. That's, yeah, a, muscle that's like mommy. a whole ass term thing? on the internet. Yeah, muscle mommy. Wait, that I just, uh, <laughs> he's Googling it right now. The name of the episode. I'm just going to bookmark mommy. this. <laughs> Am I? Whoa! Chimachi. <laughs> oh my god well i love wow. that mine is uh not as sexy <laughs> um, <laughs> my pairing would be um the sacrifice by Ooh. andrei tarkovsky <laughs> What is the sacrifice? It is uh, so Tarkovsky, Russian filmmaker or Soviet filmmaker, um, mostly made movies in Russia. This one he did in Sweden, and he worked with a lot of like Bergman's uh, go-to actors, like Erlan Josefsson is wow. the the main character in it. Um, but it it um, my main takeaway from uh, Terminator Two today is a lot. <laughs> Of uh, atomic anxiety, I yes. feel so stressed out about the fact that so many people have access to atomic bombs, and it does not feel good to me. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the sacrifice is <laughs> about a family living in like a lovely house, like in you know, the middle of nowhere in Sweden. Uh, but the patriarch uh, gets this uh information that may or may not be true that there is going to be like atomic uh devastation and Mm -hmm. he has to like you know try to stop it um and so he has like sex in the air with a witch uh to try to change things uh i love that'll do it yeah, and then, then he burns down his house to try to uh, stop, uh, you know, nuclear holocaust happening. Um, but yeah, it reminds me a lot of T2 because like something that was very uh, upsetting to me watching yeah. it again was especially the stuff with um, Linda Hamilton, like in the like psych ward where like she yeah. knows what's happening but she's being told she's insane and yeah that is kind of what it feels like sometimes yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like surviving in the world today it's like we know that like and you're seeing like north korea and nato and shit like trending on twitter and you're like no 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 and like yeah you can't do fucking shit about it stuff happening and like it's just like don't worry about it like it yeah sure like all of the ice is melting from like you know the poles and you know yeah everyone is like losing their houses to like environmental you know destruction and fires and whatever but like don't worry about it i'm like just chill Am I insane <laughs> that I think this Relax. is crazy? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so that is what it's. I'm glad you brought brought it back around to that, Shelley, because like that was like a point I wanted to bring up. 
was like, you think about the timeline of these movies. First Terminator is 1984. That's like in the midst of the Cold War, arguably like the closest we ever came to like a nuclear exchange with the right. Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, and then 1991, which like after the fall of the Berlin Wall right. and like everybody kind of breathing this sigh of relief and thinking like, oh, OK, like the, the tension is going down. The, you know, the, the doomsday clock is sort of dialed back a little mm. bit. Um, but like what this movie does is just like, no, 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 yeah, no. Yep, yep, like, <laughs> those weapons still exist. Yeah. And yeah. we're still making new ones. And it didn't really go away. And yeah. like, you know, um, like I've had uh, a fuck ton of anxiety over over that kind of stuff, like yeah. uh, my whole life. Um, and I've really only kind of come around to uh, making some sort of acceptance with it. Like in the last couple of years, uh, just by accepting my kind of helplessness uh, in all of it and just being like, yeah, man, Skynet's going to Skynet, dude. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Like, well, you know, yeah. and, and, and like the, you know, the, um, the feeling of powerlessness and watching Sarah Connor as this really willful person who is willing to go to these lengths, mm. um, willing to like go like spray up a guy's house and willing to like go into the headquarters and burn the place down and like have SWAT teams after yeah. her, like instead of just being like, oh, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, that's pretty cool. And like, you know, you wonder whether you would have that level of uh, willpower. Yeah, I mean, that's so right. Right before we did this episode, we did uh, a recording about Barbenheimer, and so you know, mm-hmm. we were talking about Oppenheimer, and I. I find Oppenheimer to be a pretty um, a pretty bleak, um, hopeless yep. movie, um, yeah. and I think that Terminator Two is actually like surprisingly like a, a kind of hopeful movie because yep. I I I find it very moving with Sarah Connor and you know with the the Joe Morton character that like these are people who are willing to sacrifice the comfort of their lives for the, for the greater good, you know, that, that, that they could like save humanity, even if it means that yeah. like for the rest of their lives, they'll be seen as like crazy people who fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think that there's something very, yeah, very hopeful and yeah. moving yeah there that is a sacrifice, um, you know there's an alternate ending to terminator 2 yes. where she's explaining like oh you know august 8th or whatever like the date is like it came and went and it didn't happen and like we're all fine and like you know it like goes back to like the playground dream mm. sequence but it's like happening in real life and like nobody's getting nuked and everything's fine they're like yeah um and they changed it to just the dark road mm. And this yes. sort of unknown future, yeah. which I think is better, think but, so um, you know, I, I, and like, I really only count the first two Terminators as canon, yeah. like in my own I head, yeah. I don't fucking even think about those other ones where they're like, actually it didn't work and they're right. still Terminators. Yeah. And like, I like to kind of think that like, no, if they wrapped it up in T2, like they probably averted the whole thing, yeah. but yeah. we don't really know. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. You know? I, 
I think the whole this time this I don't know maybe this is my 98th viewing of this but the <laughs> the quote uh, especially watching it so close to Johnny Mnemonic and Oppenheimer the quote of the future is not set there's no fate but mm. what we make like really kind of mm-hmm. resonated as like oh this is the piece of comfort that I need like I've never felt a deeper sense of comfort actually watching this movie <laughs> because it's like I ah know, like, I'm gonna cry <laughs> okay like you know things could be much 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 worse uh you know we'll figure yeah. out this, this ai thing and this nuclear bomb thing and uh yeah. <laughs> this uh global you know i did this whole thing, thing like <laughs> sometime last year or yeah i guess like last winter um or the winter before last like whenever like russia invaded ukraine mm-hmm. i just like went and on purpose just watched all the nuclear war movies i just love to kind that of, confront it i I watched the day after i watched threads i watched all of them just like sat there by myself and just like yeah okay cool this is this could happen and just and just got it out of my system in a weird way Mm. and and felt better i don't know why but i did yeah i mean i early early uh covet i did a similar thing and i i read the like new the famous like new yorker article about uh you know the aftermath in hiroshima and mm-hmm. yeah i was like god i hope if they drop something on new york i hope i'm right in the middle because <laughs> i do not want to be uh trying to survive after <laughs> Before we get to the next segment and wrap up the show, I have a question for the both of you. And if you haven't seen it, that's okay. I just really hope that both of you do. Have you seen the the movie Miracle Mile? Mm-mm. No, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, that that was like on my playlist, but I never got around to watching that one. Um, I sincerely that's a hope weird one. It's a it's <laughs> yeah. a fucking weird one. Um, I really love it. um because it is so grounded um i hope i don't know that that, i hope that both of you get uh some time uh to view it it kind of starts off as like for anyone that hasn't seen it it's you know an apocalyptic thriller but it introduces you into the world with basically a rom-com and it's it yeah, it, it does the dust till dawn thing. It like yes. shifts gears halfway through. He's like, he's like this like guy's yes. like, oh, I'm really nervous for my date. Like, oh, am I, is, is this tie okay? And then they're like, oh, there's missiles in the air. Like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, <laughs> it's great. It's it's great. It's a real um, gotcha. Um, and speaking of, uh, I guess, existential dread, um, I would uh. like to, to play a game with you both if that's all right please all right uh now this is a trivia game to finish the episode it is called killer robots i will read uh five trailers and you have to guess the title of the uh killer robot film um makes sense okay all right all you have Mm -hmm. to do once you have the answer is uh say your name Okay. okay got it after uncovering a mysterious artifact buried beneath the lunar surface, a spacecraft is sent to Jupiter to find its origins. A spacecraft manned by two men and a supercomputer. Brad. Yes. 2001 Space Odyssey. Ding, ding. One point to nice. Brad. Nice. <laughs> All right. It's a good uh, one. 
So this is a bit of a two-part question. Uh, the synopsis for both these movies were so similar, I decided to combine them into one question <laughs> to shake things up. Um, so I'll award partial credit. So okay. movie A, a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. And B, AI? A Shelly? mother, uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that probably could have been C. Um, and then the second movie is a mother gives her 13 year old son a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its more sinister nature. Now these are both movies that came out in the past three years. Oh, uh, ding, ding, Shelly, Megan. Yes. And what is the next movie? Uh, I have no I'll give you a point. (laughs) I'll give you a point. I'll give you a point. (laughs) I'll give you a point. Uh, Brad, you have the other, the other, one? the other one's Child's Play. I do, I think Child's Play, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll give you both. I'll give you both a point. You both get half a point. I fucking love Child's Play, by the way. The, really? the original, the first the two Child's Play movies are. Oh, I love fantastic. the first one. I mean, they're so good. Yeah. Brad Dourif is like my my. I guy. love Brad Dourif. Yeah, the original is great, and then they remake it, and they're like, "But what if it was a robot?" And it's it doesn't fucking work. It's not um, that good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay. What if it Question. wasn't lightning that made the soul of a criminal go into a doll? Yeah. It was a little disappointing. That it's one. it's a bummer. Um, okay. Question three. In a dystopic and crime-ridden Detroit, a terminally wooden, wounded cop returns to the force to kill again as a powerful Brad. cyborg. Oh. Mm. Yes, Brad. Robocop. <laughs> okay. um, Brad, um, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I am furious. <laughs> For some reason, I decided to describe uh, RoboCop as a powerful cyborg incel, but we—I <laughs> stopped reading the question at that point. Um, I, yeah, I've not had, like, <laughs> No, I think he wants to. I think he wants to. I feel like he wants. He's, to he's a vol cell, right? He's voluntarily so yeah. 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 Bit, right? He, yeah. he like he knows where his wife lives and everything. He's like, I can't so do it. I oh yeah, he's maybe. Well, yeah. What what is uh, involuntarily sexy? Because I mean, the the uh, glasses uh, scientist who uh, kisses him on oh, New Year's. Yeah, oh, the scientist. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Are you oh. in in sexy in in horny yeah. in erotic? I guess he's yeah yeah in erotic. In erotic. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have two more. Um, okay. okay. Okay, for a billionaire and a physicist with gamma-irradiated sperm creates an AI program to protect the world. But when the peacekeeping program becomes hostile, an American vigilante force goes into action to try and defeat a virtually uh, impossible... I got this from uh, IMDb and then I made edits, so I I didn't punch them up. I just added more confusion to them. Uh, so an American vigilante force goes into action to try and defeat a virtually impossible, artificially intelligent enemy together. Earth's mightiest heroes must come together once again to protect the world from global extinction. One might say they're trying to uh, avenge. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I think I got this one. yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to take no, a crack at it, John? Take, take a I, I stole the other one from. Take, no, take it. It's yours. Um, 
I think that's Age of Ultron. Yes, that is Age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never would have gotten that. So good. No, <laughs> I also added more bullshit. <laughs> I would have been like, Cabin, I don't remember the thing I about the irradiated know. sperm. Uh, so yeah, ir- there's this thing. Irradiated sperm. How did that come up? So there's a there's like a scene. I, I'm I went from A to Z with this. Um, but there's a scene where the Hulk is talking <laughs> about why he cannot like make love with uh black widow and it's it's a hard it's one of the poor poorer scenes i've My seen sperm is uh, too powerful it'll yeah, shoot through it, your fucking he back, doesn't babe. he doesn't say that but the thought that <laughs> went into my brain was oh he got that irradiated he's got irradiated sperm he can't be he can't be doing that <laughs> um yeah i think about this a lot with these characters um Love it. okay this is the final one in a sci-fi fable that positions gender as a tool of exerting male control an incel po- programmer is selected by a billionaire tech bro to participate in a groundbreaking oh, uh, experiment. Shelly Shelly. Machina? Yes, it is. It is Ex Machina. Eh. <laughs> uh, Brad, you won this one. Shelly, yes. valiant effort. Um, <laughs> there, were, there are so many of these killer robots movies. I could go on all day, but... Uh, I wouldn't want to subject you both to the th- to the dread of it all. Um, thank you. Instead, I'm going to say thank you to the both of you for today. <laughs> that was beautiful, You're very Michael. Welcome. Oh, oh my God. So, oh. Brad, where can our listeners find you on social media? And do you have anything coming up that they should listen to? Yeah. Um, so I'm at Bradical Pearson on Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, all of that shit. Blue Sky um, and Threads, my God. Yeah, I got Blue Sky and Threads. No big yeah. deal. I don't really post on them much. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I have a podcast called Self Worst. Both Michael and Shelley have been on it. Uh, it's ongoing. I'm, uh, you know, uh, uh, cranking out new episodes, just dropped another one yesterday. And uh, so, you know, if, if you like this show, uh, give it a listen. Excellent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Michael, where can people find us? Y'all can find us on all social medias at everyone is hot pod. That's every number one is hot pod. And uh, wherever you can rate our show, rate us five stars. Anything Give less, stars, uh, please. Anything less, you know, you'll, uh, you know, we'll send some robots after you, and yeah. that won't be mm-hmm. good. That'll be very expensive. Yeah, for... Materialize in the parking lot. They'll have yeah. to borrow some clothes, but they'll get you. They'll get you. They will, and Michael. We don't know what is going to happen, but if we want to save the human race, what can people do? Stay. Horny. <laughs> if you want to live. Oh. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.